chapter chumps we are your chumps here to talk some chapters um we're going to be discussing chapters seven and eight of the hobbit today written by juror tolkien um these these were some longer chapters um but as yeah. ever, there's there's a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I, I continue to find a lot of interesting things to, um, you know, that I want to discuss within them. So uh, I think it'll be fun to break down and talk about, and hopefully, it'll be just as fun for you to listen to. And if it is, you know, we have a little thing called a Patreon, and. You can open up your generous coffers uh, and cough, cough up, cough up your coffers, your generous coffers into our open <laughs> hobbit holes. And you know what I'm really trying to say here is, um, you know, we, you can give us money if you want, and why wouldn't you? Obviously, after that pitch, you can do that. You know, that's a power that you have. No one can take that away from you. Except for us if we decide to close the Patreon. We're not going to close the Patreon, right, Connor? No. Never. No. No, never. So no one can take that away from you. <laughs> um, so there you go. Not with all the so there's that we're getting. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So, you know, with, with all that uh, out of the way... Let's let's talk about life, the universe, and hobbits. What? Life, the universe, and hobbit things. Hmm. So we'll talk about life first. Okay. Um, how's life? And by that I mean pros and cons. Welcome to pros and cons. What's what's going on, guys? Welcome to Pros and Cons. I, I guess I can go first. Go for it, Josh. <clears throat> Sorry, just had dinner, still clearing my throat a bit. Um, Do you want to talk about yeah, that or? No, I don't. I'm just anyway. Okay, because you mentioned so, it just now. You didn't have to say anything. I was explaining why I was clearing my throat. For fuck's sake. Anyway, it's pretty pretty normal. Anyway, pretty normal to have to clear your throat up. like on a podcast. Shut up. <laughs> All right, go on. Go on. Ah, uh, man. Cons. I had to help these idiots film this thing this weekend. It was oh, so boy. like, oh my god, it was so bad. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, actually, con. Uh, I no discovered idea. a leak in my house on Monday. Um, Ooh. So that's gonna. It it's the chimney pipe vent pipe to the uh, pelt stove in my in the breezeway. Yeah, the, with the, the shag carpet. Yeah. Um, so when when we had the storm roll through uh, the other day, I heard some dripping when I was bringing Nova back inside and uh, realized the, the water was just kind of like slowly running down the uh, down the pipe. And I noticed this at like 11 p.m. So the next morning, uh, I got out into the garage, pulled the car out, 
brought the uh, got up into the attic to make sure nothing up in the attic was wet, and it looks okay up there for now. But I'm gonna have once everything dries out again, I'm probably going to get get up on the roof with the uh, some sealant and just double check everything's sealed. I think what happened is uh, we had a windstorm last week that probably lifted something that wasn't supposed to be lifted. So nothing serious, just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Homeowner life, huh? Yeah. Uh, and then, and then just annoying thing. So uh, con and a half, I guess, is uh, my my streaming computer that I use to watch stuff on my big TV is just completely shitting itself today for some reason. Like just trying to watch a, a YouTube video or a, a video from another website that I, I frequent. Um, just the whole browser just crashes. Sometimes Explorer crashes. It's just like, what the what the fuck is going on? Do I need... I, I actually set up a, a virus scan after work uh, to run while I was working on my, my main desktop. But... Uh, how, how old is it? It's only about... Oh, God, it's probably about three years old, four years old now. Okay, but I mean, up still years. not old enough where you, it would just, like, do that, so... Something. No, and it's not like I it's it's not like it isn't up to date. I think it I think what happened is that a recent browser update may have uh fucked it. Um so it's probably just another update away from being fixed. Uh, <clears throat> maybe it needs a new driver update. I don't know, but it's just a pain in the ass and I I've wanted to replace it with a like a, a dedicated Raspberry Pi for for a couple months now, but Raspberry Pis are impossible to find at a reasonable price. So I'm out of luck there. But you I'll, could get a, a blueberry pie instead. Uh, the you can't stream on a blueberry pie though. Oh, what about a meat pie? <laughs> that that still doesn't do streaming. Um. <laughs> okay, um, and and the pro. The pro, uh, do I had to help my friends with a, a music video? It was all oh, yeah. <laughs> I still need to download the files on my computer, just clean my camera off, because uh, I, I couldn't hang around to review with you guys, but it was uh, a lot of fun hanging out with, together and filming that, so be in the lookout, everybody. Yeah, it's, totally. It's weird. It's very uh, weird. Yeah. Oh, and I beat, I beat Wind Waker. You were asking Oh, yes. So, it was fun. I jumped I jumped into Twilight Princess last night, and oh my goodness, the, the art style change is jarring. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy because that was the like canonical release order too, and people were like, "Oh my God, Wind Waker's for babies!" And then they are like, "All right, fine. What if everything was brown?" Um, yeah, but I, I do uh, like Twilight Princess, but Wind Waker's just uh, so much like, better. The first thing that shows up, like Link looks all right, but then the first other NPC you see, it's like like your neighbor's uh, like the, the swordsman neighbor. Yes, yeah, the with the fucked up, the weird look, face, weird ass face. Like yeah. half the people in that village, the starting village, just looks so weird. Yeah, there's some crazy character designs for that game. Have you played Twilight Princess before? I forget, Josh. No, this is the first time I've ever played it. Okay, sweet. I think I think I may have played like the first like ten minutes where you you go and find your horse, mm -hmm. uh, but everything <laughs> past that I had no memory of. So it's just like I don't know why I haven't played it. I don't know what where whatever copy I played went. <laughs> so, well, hey, but, that's cool. Yeah. All right, um, Connor, do you want to share or should I go? Yeah, I will go for it. Um, let's see. 
the big pro today that I did tweet about, but it, but it is it, it's it's very exciting to me, and it's it's a major relief, and um, yeah, you know, feeling of uh, of you know, pr- like New England pride, you know, um, Cumberland Farms, they have better hot dogs now. Their hot dogs used to fucking stink like shit. They, 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 they I, re- so I remember bad. getting them with you, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. You, you, you've been there. You've been through my lived experience. They're, I don't know. Yeah. There's something wrong about them. Um, and so I'm a big, you know, gas station buff, as, as they say. Love my gas stations. Love the food that comes from the gas stations. Um, and so, you know, today I, I was desperate on my lunch break um uh and and there's not a lot around me but i'm trying to um uh you know not go to stop and shop and spend thirty dollars every day when i want to just go grab you know something small for lunch um and so i went to cumbies i got a i got a big soda from and this cumbies had like a like a freestyle machine which was which was fantastic a lot of cumbies uh don't have those so right that's a good sign right away um and then you know it's probably been years since i've tried their hot dogs i i mean just because i've been so opposed to them i you know i i i tried to force myself to like them you know um way back when way back when way back when and i couldn't take it anymore but today i was desperate so I, I gave one of their hot dogs a shot, and I'm hoping this is not an <clears throat> anomaly, but um, it's such just a fucking fantastic hot dog on on par with with Seven Eleven's hot dogs. Yeah, and I I, I do hold those Seven Eleven hot dogs in in pretty high esteem. I mean, they look great, like rolling around on the yeah. little heat rack. Yep, and uh, you know. So. They they are and and so now I'm I'm gonna have to go back to Cumbies and and see if it was a fluke or if it was the real deal because, I mean if if this is legitimate and it's it's widespread then mm-hmm. I, I mean, Cumbies enter, enters the new stratosphere of yeah. of gas stations and uh, you uh, already already loved it to begin with but yes yeah, yeah if this works out for you you're gonna be guzzling down cum dogs yes cum dogs every day, every night, you know. Do it up and do it right is what I say. Uh, anyways, it's like uh, a fun little Hobbit song you've made up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like a cool little. It's like something a Hobbit would sing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I, I, I do think we will get a a, a cum dog appearance by, by, <laughs> by at least by the third Lord of the Rings book. I think we'll yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll meet the cum dog. um as as far as uh cons go um what was i gonna say oh yeah i'm um i i have run out of lexapro and um i'm just i've just been like too busy to go buy it and i have to call my doctor about like changing the amount of um of pills they give me a month and and uh, I, I it, you know, I, it, it's what happens when you don't take the Lexapro is it is it gives you brain zaps. So I, I'm getting like a, uh, it's it's not bad. This is only the 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 first day, but by the second day it'll be like zap 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 zap. Yeah, zap, you know? it gets it gets zappier. It gets zappier, yeah. So, 
So it's just a, a, a silly, stupid thing I did. I'm sorry, yeah. I don't fully understand what what that means. Yeah, uh, well, on the medication Lexapro, one of the side effects of of not taking it right away for a lot of people are, um, I, it it just feels like something like like your head just like gets a zappy feeling. Yeah, and, and, oh. yeah. It's like a split second, but it happens a lot. Like it's, it's, like when you you are... touch something, you get like a static shock. A little, yes, a little bit like that, oh. but in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. It's, yeah, it's just like uh, like annoying and disorienting, really. And it's it's uh, yeah, it's 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 not a fun <clears throat> fun feeling. But some people get like burning in the brain, so that's or a burning feeling, not actual burning, but yeah. Um, but it's it's still very annoying. That's my con. And, uh, um, yeah. Oh, so you've gone thing. from from Lexa pros to Lexa cons. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> huh? Yes. That 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 was very very good. Swooping in to save the yes, day here. You, <laughs> you you brought it all back home. All right, nice man. Um, for me, my my pro. I'm gonna cheat a little bit because Josh mentioned this, but I, I also want to say my pro was getting to hang out with you guys in person. Um, it was really fun that we got to meet up over the weekend. And yeah, it's like, I, I love making, you know, dumb, fun art with you guys, but I, I like just being in the in the same place and, and hanging yeah. out and um, getting to catch up. So that was definitely the, the pro for me, the highlight. I uh, had a ton of fun. Thanks again for all your help, by the way, Josh. Um, Anytime. Obviously, we literally couldn't have done it without you, but like we just like, you know, metaphorically couldn't have done it yeah. without you either. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, we were talking like, uh, like you know, could, could you imagine if it was just me and him? We'd have like, <laughs> we had no idea. Yeah, what we, to we, do. we would just like have like three different take. I I don't know, it, and it it just wouldn't have been as tight and focused um, uh, without your direction. So um, I mean, you you came up with the the whole premise. I, I just helped. Yeah, things. but we we needed the the like moment to moment decision making that yeah. just wasn't there. So and I mean um, some some would say is like never there for us, but I don't I mean that's only <laughs> yeah. some people. Um, but but yeah, and and you get to uh, you know just just for the audience, you get to meet a character um, that. I want to tell you uh, rhymes with with Snill Stinton, and and it's not it's not who you think. Hmm. Okay, all done. Sorry. Yep. So there's a little teaser for you. A little bit of cross promotion. So. Um, and then my con. Last week, I think my pro was like, "Hey guys, I'm I'm just about halfway through this book." And then Josh is like, hey, you know, be careful. Don't get stuck on that feeling because if you don't read, you're going to have to cram. And now my con, because I haven't read it all and I'm going to have to cram, <laughs> is that, um, you know, this is like now there's just one week left of January. And I have like, I don't know. I mean, not not like a crazy amount, I, I guess, but I think just a little bit less than like 200 pages. But it's it's a it reads a lot faster than The Hobbit. So if I really put my mind to it, I know I can still do it. So um, check back here, <laughs> check back here next week because I think Tuesday's is, is that the last day of January? Um, 
I think so. Because I, I think we I think we have literally one week. It is. Yep. Yeah. Right. So I check check back here in one week because either I'll have uh, m- you know made my goal and it'll be my pro, or I'll have failed horribly and it'll be my con, and you can find out then. Um, well, but right uh, now it's a con. Don't no, you don't don't tire your uh, you know uh, reading to you know a, a failed goal you know don't don't let that stop you from continuing oh no you're you're absolutely right i mean i will finish this book regardless but as a reminder to those listening my uh my new year's resolution was i want to try and read a book a month and this was the book that i decided to go for so yeah it won't it won't like be an altogether failure but you know i did want to it'll be a it'll stay be a committed to it yeah, so, um, hey, we'll see. I really am going to try. So my my plan is to power through it, and I'll update you all next week. Yeah, my my, my writing has also stalled recently as well. <laughs> so, but uh, I've been, I've been fil- filter, yeah, directing my creative endeavors into visual media for a little bit. So mm-hmm. when I get back to Yeah, you've been doing a lot of drawing and sketching, right, Josh? Yep. I, so... I, I, this is like the third pro I mentioned, uh, but I, I my D and D group got together for a one shot last week. That was a lot of fun. It was actually literally hours after we we filmed, mm-hmm. um, and I, I got carried away and and sketched out and colored uh, my Cobalt Sun Soul Monk, which was ended up being a lot of fun to play. Um, I. I uh, I beat the poison room because I'm a monk and I'm immune, I'm immune to poison. I beat the falling axe room because I could just dodge all the axes and and trigger all the traps so everyone else could get through. Uh, and I solved the poison on the uh, uh, or the the acidic poison goo on the rocks that were blocking our way because I could just burn it away with my my abilities. <laughs> so just like, and then everyone else had their own abilities. I was just kind of messing around with everything, but we're like. 80% of the way through this inca- through this whole like one shot and my character hasn't taken a single amount of damage <laughs> even though he's been like thrown against the wall twice uh sh- blown up with a fireball and a h- bunch of other stuff it's it's been a lot of fun high level plays fun <laughs> nice i and didn't yeah, know a kobold could be so deadly it, it, yeah i think you wouldn't think so but uh actually he hasn't gotten any kills um could, this, could be so resilient resilient yeah that's the better word um he's also like the dumbest character i've ever played um so it's a lot of fun just being an idiot during game there's one room where there's a button that starts a countdown to that ultimately unlocks the door uh but it just keeps getting scarier and scarier before it does so um and i just kept pressing the button because i wanted to press the button <laughs> Like one of the one of the other players got through the door, and then I pressed the button, and the other two were stuck with me in the room again. It's like the same energy of someone just like pushing all the buttons on the elevator, but then not getting off the elevator. <laughs> so that was that was a lot of fun, and I uh, I then had like two other sketches that I, I was working on in the meantime. So as much as I want to write, I'm stuck in a kind of wrote myself into a little corner that I've been trying to figure out and uh well uh, had other that's that's pretty drinks. normal so yeah yeah it's it's I know it's a long process but it's also like it's been like two months since I started I kind of want to 
I, I want to be past chapter four. <laughs> so uh, it's my own impatience getting to me. You'll get there, buddy. Just speaking of impatience, here. let's uh, talk about the book. Yep, I'm just, I'll be right back. I used to check on Nova real quick, but you go right ahead and start. All right. Um, before we actually get to the first chapter we're going to discuss today, which is Chapter 7, Queer Lodgings, um, there was something I wanted to mention uh, from the, the very last page of the previous chapter. Um, so when Bilbo falls asleep on the Misty Mountains, um, you know, after the eagles save them and shit, um, it says... He, he's dreaming, and it says, but all night... <clears throat> Josh, just to catch you up, sorry. I'm, I'm reading the this line from the last page of the previous chapter, because um, I, I wanted to mention I forgot to discuss this last time. So when Bilbo falls asleep on the, the Misty Mountains with the eagles, it says, but all night he dreamed of his own house, and wandered in his sleep into all his different rooms, looking for something that he could not find nor remember what it looked like. Um, and I guess I was, <clears throat> I was thinking about it because um, at, at first I was like, well, what what is the thing that he's missing? You know, um, what what is it? What is the thing that he's looking for that he can't find? And then I was like, well, this is coming off um, Bilbo getting the One Ring. The, the ring. So it's not called that. Yeah, I don't know. It's called the ring. Um, but I guess I was wondering if, um, like, even in his dreams, like, he's kind of coveting it and searching for it. And, um, you know, he's he's rummaging all throughout his house for something that isn't there. It's not in his house, you know, but, like, it's the only thing he's thinking about or looking for or, or like, is in his, his mind at that time. I, yeah, that that's a good interpretation but i when you were reading that i was i wonder if it's a uh something more metaphorical like something he's lost in himself um like his, his old quiet life uh and the fact that he's um searching through his house for something he can't tangibly think like remember makes me wonder if it's like his old life just like the concept of his old comfortable life in his hobbit hole mm -hmm. um but i i think that's open to interpretation yeah definitely that's that's why i wanted to bring that line up I, I wanted to mention it last time um i like your thoughts on that too josh because it, it isn't you know obvious about what uh what bill was looking for clearly um and you know certainly i don't i, I think this is more like uh, my my thoughts on the ring probably being projected onto the story because like we also discussed, you know, it, it doesn't really seem like all of the, the lore um, was really established at this point. So who knows um, what, what Tolkien was thinking at the time. Um, did that, that make you think of anything Connor or is it kind of just like whatever? Um, yeah. I mean, it's mostly whatever. I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I'll leave I, it at that. I'm, 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 I'm thinking a lot about the ring. <laughs> yeah. When I, uh, when, when Bilbo speaks, you know. Hmm. But um. 
lay down. Go lay down. But yeah, I, 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 I have no idea. Yeah. Well, we oh, definitely funny. get some cool ring stuff in these uh, next chapters here. So he's very uh, long full chapters. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, these. Before you get into it, these chapters, chapters seven and eight. Yes. That we're reading here, uh, queer lodgings and spiders and flies and spiders. Yeah. Um, they are literally uh, half as long as everything we've read up to this point so far. So we read up to in my copy 120 page 120, mm-hmm. and then we the ended on 180, so 60, yes. 60 pages, or half of what we've read so far. So these chapters cover a lot. So go ahead. Yeah. Let's get started on queer logics. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely did. Um, and you know, I guess as you're you're mentioning it, but the other thing too. Um, I imagine if it's true in my copy, it has to be true in all yours because it's just like a, you know, ra- ratio thing. But we're over halfway done with the book now. Yep. Which is cool. Um, going through a, a big chunk and feeling like, you know, we're a little bit on the home stretch, and I feel like it also kind of lines up with the the adventure feeling. You know, it's like it. We don't we don't really know for sure. But it seems like even by the next chapter, um, you know, where the, they'll probably be getting through the Mirkwood. They're not really like out, um, but it seems like most of the the danger is is hopefully behind them. Um, okay. And then it's like, you know, what's, you know, what's next? <laughs> uh, so yeah, there, there's always a, a next thing. It's it's a big long journey. But let, yeah, let's talk about what we got here. So chapter seven, queer lodgings. Um, so, uh, we do, we do get like a passage about the eagles flying, the dwarves, Gandalf, Bilbo, um, you know, further, further on into the, the wild lands or whatever they're called. Um, and this time, you know, everyone gets to ride on an eagle on their back. So like, what is it? F- 15, 15 eagles take off. They, they lands, you know, thanks, eagles, eagles go. Um, and then, you know, Gandalf's like, okay, um, by the way, I'm going to be leaving. This is already farther than I wanted to come on. This, is, this wasn't my adventure, which was clear. The whole idea about Bilbo coming on the adventure was because there was a group of 13, you know, dwarves who were going on this adventure. And superstitiously, they were like, well, 13's an unlucky number. They wanted another permanent person on the adventure, and that person was Bilbo. That's why they needed a 14th. Gandalf was never officially part of the adventure, which, like, everyone did kind of know. But obviously, Gandalf has been so uh, integral to solving, like, every problem that they've gotten into that it literally feels like everyone will die the second that Gandalf leaves. (laughs) Um, Pretty much, yeah. So of course it, it's something that they're they're very worried about. Gandalf lets them know, but then like they have some time to kind of process. It, you know, Gandalf doesn't just leave at that moment. He tells them of a uh, you know someone he knows nearby, and um, they go to Bjorn's. Uh, I don't know. House sounds like a little 
reductive, I guess is like grounds. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyways, he's uh, like a, a what, do they, what do they call him? A skin changer? A skin... Skin changer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Connor, and did you think of face dancers right immediately? Away. Right away. Yes. Face dancers. Yes. <laughs> of course. Right away. Yeah. Me too. Um, but yeah, so he's a, a skin changer, but um, unlike face dancers, this guy can just turn into a bear. So then immediately, Josh, I was thinking like, oh, he's a druid. Um, <laughs> no, he he's he's Sightail. Yeah. <laughs> so is, is Face Dancers, uh, is that a Dune thing? Maybe. Yeah. Okay, just, just looking for context, that's all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it sounds like he can just turn into a bear. And, I, you know, I don't mean to say just as in, like, that's not, like, awesome. <laughs> it's just funny because usually it feels like if you could turn into an animal... I guess he has like the animorphs power. It's not. It's not that he's like Beast Boy <laughs> yeah, and he can turn into whatever they animal. One animal, right? Whatever the, right. whatever the bear equivalent of lycanthropy is. Yeah. Werewolf disease. Yes. Yeah. Um. Bear. Bearanthropy. Bearanstain bear bearsanthropy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or it's the opposite. He's a bear who could just turn into a big man. Maybe because he's huge. Um. So it could be. And there's definitely some shit I want to talk about, like, with the other animals, because it's like, what is going on? But <laughs> long story short, Gandalf sets up an introduction with this guy. Um, they, they, they tell him his, their story, and slowly the, the dwarves come in. And he's like, sure, you know, you guys can hang out here. That night, after they rest up, Bjorn even goes to the Misty Mountains finds out that the story that Gandalf told him was true, comes back and he's like, wow, you guys are the real fucking deal. You know, I'll help you as much as you can. Sets them up with ponies and supplies to make the trek to the Mirkwood, which is essentially the last giant obstacle in their way before they make it to the Lonely Mountain. Um, and Bjorn tells them not to go on the 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 road that they were planning on going because it's really dangerous he tells them of another way it's really crucial that they stay on the road of course they don't but we'll get to that um and and so once they make it to the entrance to the murkwood um gandalf is like okay i'm really gonna go now and i'm gonna get the last word ha ha and then he leaves um and then <laughs> there are you know the the dwarves and bilbo at, at the entrance to the murkwood um and that's where we leave off for chapter seven. And I, I did, I did like this chapter. I do like the things that you know Tolkien continues to to introduce, especially like I, I there's I have been wanting to talk about um, animal languages, you know, especially like we've we've kind of like touched on every now and then that Gandalf can understand animals, but like. Yep. I feel like we haven't really had a conversation about it, and I feel like this is the chapter where I finally got to be like, what is going on with this shit? And then the spiders even throw in a whole other, like, wrench into this, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we don't need to start there. It's just, like, where my my thoughts are being kind of drawn to. There I'm wondering... Are there animals that can talk already? <sighs> I guess not. So far, so far it seems like... To me, what it seems like right now is that all animals have a language of their own, you know? Yeah, 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 but, but they still sound animal to... Yes, but they still sound like animals, and most people probably don't understand them. Yeah, okay. It sounds like you need some sort of 
you know, ancient ability or, or magical affinity to, to understand that in yeah. terms that you, you can comprehend. Um, and then, and, and, and then the spiders, I think are weird because they apparently just talk like English. Well, cause, cause that didn't like register for me. I was like, Oh yeah, the spider's talking cause we're in Lord of the Rings. You know, like, you know, like I didn't, <laughs> I, I like had assumed already that there would be talking animals, but, but you're right by the Gandalf thing. Yeah, I don't because so so with the animals that that Bjorn has when he has them like set up the table and stuff he like talks to the dogs and then the the, yeah. the horses and the ponies and shit but like it there's no indication that no one else knows what is being said really um, and then like earlier on when when the wargs the wolves are talking. It's pretty clear that only Gandalf can understand them. And then there's even another example that is kind of slipping my mind, but I swear there was another. Oh, the eagles. I think maybe the yeah, the eagles themselves. Um, I think it's Gan only Gandalf too who's able to communicate no, with them. No, no, well, no. What are what they are can talk to a Bilbo at the very least. Oh, they can. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The eagles can also talk. Yeah, because yeah. he uh, okay. That that's... he was pinching too hard when he when they were flying. And yeah, asked him to stop. So the, it does. I guess it just does seem like there's like kind of tiers of of like animal ability, and, and like kind of like we talked about last time. Like the eagles aren't even really animals in the way that like a regular eagle would be. You know, they're they're like an old one. You know, they're they're an ancient being in in the form. They are an eagle, sure enough, but like they're so much more than that. Um, so I guess like maybe the spiders are like that way too, and that's why they can like openly communicate rather than just like like a regular like a real spider that's like in our world you know that's like a fucking inch big or you know hopefully smaller. Um, they don't talk, and I don't think they talk in Lord of the Rings either. But something to do with maybe gigantism even um, seems to affect like their their abilities. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't speculate much on this. Uh... Bigger animals mean smarter animals, maybe? I, I don't know. Yeah, essentially. I mean... It's a pretty yeah. sizest take. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean. classic take. Classic take coming from a big dude to a small man, if I if uh -huh. I tell you. Yep. Yep. Wasn't going to say it, but you <laughs> said it. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I, the thing is, I don't really think there's a lot to dig into. Like, I don't think there's, like... Uh, any like hard magic system going on here right? you know it's like i think tolkien just kind of figured things out and i do think it like largely kind of makes sense in terms of like magic bullshit um but I i've just been meaning to bring it up because it's like okay like we gotta talk about how some animals fucking talk and some of them don't but some people can understand them perfectly anyways like i just really needed to mention that before we even went anywhere else in this chapter because it comes up a lot i don't know so, um, it sounds like a plot hole to me uh well yeah but it it's okay if it's in lord of the rings because they call that a plot hobbit hole oh, which is oh, yeah, fine yeah, yeah. yes 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 <laughs> that makes it fine yeah no uh, my bad i should have realized so, uh in terms of like what actually happens in this chapter is there any anything you guys like i don't know were struck by or feel like you might want to mention well the um, the um the, <clears throat> when when they first met up with uh bjork bjork 
Uh, <laughs> it, uh, you know, Gandalf was was like trying to get on on his good side and his his whole story to oh, you know yeah. kind of uh, trick him into you know getting all of the hobbits out of their uh, all of the hobbits all of the gang the dwarves and Bilbo yeah. to uh, to you know make them more more easily accepted in, into staying with them because it, it it was like a very clever. A very clever Gandalf, uh, you know, yep. ploy. That that was actually one of my notes too. I, I wrote down Gandalf, the master of. Oops, did I forget to mention? Yeah, and <laughs> you're in the master of. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was pretty great. Yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. You know, it's pretty clearly intended for for laughs, and it did get uh, you know a little chuckle out of me. I, I like the whole like, hey, wait a minute, since when? I know. Since when is it a wizard 14? thing when you say, "Yeah, like, does a several mean two guys to you?" Like, yeah. and it just keeps going over and over, and I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, it was a great bit, you know. Uh, so, towards the end, he's actually tracking them to make sure they keep their word about the ponies. Yes, uh, and Gandalf warns Bilbo not to to mention it. Um. Even though at the end Gandalf says it outright too. Yeah, that yeah, that's a good point. That's weird. Because the dwarves are like, "Hey, Only we can just keep the ponies." Yes. Only to, to uh, chastise the uh, dwarves oh, yeah, and and like like push them to to like be more observant. Honor their word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bilbo mentioned, noticed it like a couple days before they made it to the point where the ponies had to turn around. You want some of the salad and make uh, Yeah, sure. Thanks. I mean, it, it, this was very much a lot of the. I, I get the impression this is a lot of what happened at the uh, last homely house, just yeah. spelled out more. Uh, a lot of the same stuff, and uh, we get another song by the dwarves. We do. Um, and on the second page, for me at least, but very early in the chapter, we get a spoiler about what's coming. Oh, is this the part where it mentions the Battle of the Five Armies? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I, so we find... I think I, I think I've heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah uh, Bilbo uh, basically doesn't see the Lord of Eagles, who in after days the king became the king of all birds and wore a golden crown and fifteen chieftains' golden collars, uh, made of the gold that dwarves gave them. But he never saw them again, except for high and far off in the Battle of the Five Armies. Uh, but that comes at the end of this tale, so we will say no more of it just for now. Yeah, what a hitchhiker's cheeky little British guy fucking bullshit. Yep. Am I right? Oh, I know. I got something. We get the beginning of a running theme in these chapters all of a sudden. Uh, Gandalf just goes off on Bomber. About how fat he is. Yes, I was out. Yeah. I was actually also going to mention the fat shaming. I was like, "Are we going to do fat shaming in the Hobbit?" So, I, I mean, most of I think most of my notes are actually just like, "Oh, there's another thing on Bomber there." Yeah, but yeah, but, but um, not just fat shaming. You know, we 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 get into I forget if it's this chapter or next chapter. I mean, he yeah. he there's literal there there's literal violence perpetrated against him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. 
Um, but he's like, yeah, Gandalf just gets a sick burn on Bomber out of the blue. He's just like, yeah, everyone come in pairs except except Bomber. He, he, passes <laughs> yeah. too. he comes last. And he's like, why do I have to always be last? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, part yeah. of me is like, oh, well... You know, I think Tolkien is is trying to, like, set up from a writing perspective, like, hey, Bomber's fatness is going to, like, play a part in why he falls into the river. It's And so, in the previous yep. chapter, he needs to, like, set up and really make the reader aware, like, hey, this is the fat dwarf. We haven't talked about it, but he is. <laughs> so, it, it does feel really jarring, and I'm not saying, like, hey, that's, it's cool, but, like... I do feel like that's I, I think that that Tolkien's thinking about like structuring his story and making readers aware like this this is actually gonna play a part in like why something happens, not just let's make fun of the fat dwarf, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, for what it's worth. Very well thought out, yes. It just seems yeah, I mean it, it it seems like too little too late, you know. I feel like we've been following these guys. <laughs> like, that, that that wouldn't have been the first time Gandalf <laughs> mentioned his weight. Like on on the the you know trip like all right so w- would you have preferred if Gandalf was just like fucking ripping into yes, him just body yes. shaming him constantly the I whole mean, time that, that would be more consistent yeah you know? so that's that's a plot hole yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a plot hobbit hole right there yeah no you're absolutely right Josh I I definitely was like this seems like a lot <laughs> <laughs> so. Funny enough, I'm looking through my notes right now. Um, I I, I, so in the next chapter, just to skip ahead briefly because I do want to come back and talk about the art real quick. Me too. Um, Nice. So it's when Bomber wakes up in the next chapter, and he was he was dreaming about the the fires and the, the 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 Woodland King and. Uh, all all the the, the feasts and stuff. Um, and Thorin jumps in with, uh, in fact, you can't talk about something else. You better be silent. We are quite annoyed enough with you as it is. If you hadn't waked up, we should have left you in your idiotic dreams in the forest. You are no joke to carry, even after weeks of short comments. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my note here is, uh, man, these chapters are just full of bomber fat remarks. Like, like, quote, Bomber Fat. Um, and I realized this is the most character development any of the dwarves have gotten since we learned who Thorin was. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Like, we know a couple of them are brothers and, like, one of them's really old. But, the, no, it's just, like, we, we now have, like, 20 pages of, yeah, Bomber's the fat one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> it's it's true. It's It's definitely kind of... Yeah, it's not as easy as to say it's like played for laughs, but I, I do think it's supposed to be like taken lightheartedly, you know? Because oh, yeah. I don't, I don't. In that moment, like Thorin's not. I mean, Thorin's pissed, but you know, they're they're running on like no food, and yep. for all I know, and we're water. gonna die in the woods, right? So, um, it it speaks volumes that, of course, they did not leave Bomber behind and carried him, <laughs> to, even you know, in spite. Of his above average weight, <laughs> but, but um, they did yeah, you know mention a few times how how hard it was. <laughs> it was oh yeah, it was so heavy. You could so, barely do it. 
I mean, it is, it would be harder to carry some people rather than others. You know, that's. Oh, yeah. No. Of course. Of course. Like, I don't think Bibble was even able to help much at all carrying him because he's just so much bigger than him. Yeah. What do you think? A little dwarf? Could all, I mean, a little hobbit? Could all, <laughs> 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 oh, God. You think a hobbit could hold a dwarf? <laughs> you really think a hobbit could hold a dwarf? Think about the scales between a hobbit and a dwarf. You think a hobbit's going to hold a dwarf? <laughs> no picture. A slightly bigger dwarf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a super just, dwarf. Just a regular person. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's do the math here. Assume a spherical dwarf. Um... So, anyway, the artwork in uh, Queer Lodgings is uh, actually some of my favorite. The, the eagle one on the yeah. cliff. That's just an epic-looking piece of art. Until you see the little hobbit sleeping next to it, and it's not quite as epic, but it's still pretty epic. Yeah, I, I also found myself being drawn to that. I was going to ask if we all have that in our copy. Is that just a part of the hobbit? Do you have that too, Connor? Do you have That's pictures? In my copy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's super well done. I love that it just, you know, to any reader who might be unsure, like, it just shows you the scale um, anyways. Like, yeah, it's a huge fucking eagle, in case you're confused by them calling, you know, them eagles. Um, but... Holy shit, was Tolkien so fucking talented? Like, imagine being able to write The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So just, like, you know, your your level, level of authorship is, like, Tolkien level. And then you can just... His art style is so good. It's so good. It. I don't know. I love the line work. Um, he's a really great artist. Fucking double threat. Is Josh yeah. there? Looks like he might have. Uh, did oh, he Josh. freeze? I think Josh froze. Yeah. Let's. Uh, Should we stop a moment? Yeah, let's take a tight five. Okay. Yeah. So after some technical difficulties, we're back. Um, so yeah, you you were saying the artwork is, uh, or, or sorry, that Tolkien is very talented in many ways. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to m touch on. Bjorn's Hall, the, the next sketch or like woodcutting style illustration in the book. Um, I think this one actually like helped me understand the layout of Bjorn's Hall. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, in, in the passage, he mentions the hole in the, in the top of the roof that the smoke's going through. And when I was reading that, I had no idea what that was like. It's like, it's just some kind of weird like like I, I've seen all these cross sections of how roofs are built uh, throughout my year throughout all my like engineering and vague like uh, engineering education and uh, like vague interest in how homes are built and like con the construction industry. And I, I flip the page and I see this is like, Oh, that's what he's talking about. Okay. Um, and you can see it's just, there's a lot of room for people and there's nothing really to scale it aside from the, I guess the, the trees, but those could be any size. Yeah, um, I doubt the 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 picnic table there is made out of two by fours, but it gives you some sense of scale. 
And I just think yeah. it's really helpful that there there's an illustration of the setting, and you don't get that very often in any book. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and I, I felt that way about the eagle picture. For so for both of these, yeah. it's like not only are they really um, great drawings, um, but it does feel like it it kind of like clarifies or deepens your understanding of what Tolkien's trying to explain. And it kind of leads me to believe that, you know, maybe he recognized those things might be a little hard to grasp just through the text. It's like, right. okay, like I'll describe it as best I can, but you know, here's a fucking picture. So yeah, no, uh, when we find out where, the, when we get to the eyrie, whatever the fuck the, I, I can't pronounce that word. I think it's eagles, eerie, but yeah. Where, where the eagles live. Yes. I imagine that as, like almost like a cave, uh, just like a little nicer, like straw on the ground, and maybe a like a like a almost like a Flintstone interior kind of setting. And but no, it's it's just some rocks on the top of the mountain. <laughs> yeah. And when we get when we get to Bjorn's house, uh, I'm imagining something more akin to like a log cabin in in the mountains, uh, which isn't too far off. But this is more of like a uh, a cross between like a Nordic, uh, like Viking hall and like an Iroquois longhouse in my mind. Yeah. Um, it's very rustic, very, but also more communal than I was anticipating based off Bjorn's description. So illustrations help. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't, you know, we should just get pictures. You know, people are always like, Oh, well, pictures are for baby books. You know what? Just put a picture in whatever fucking book you feel like. Honestly. Yeah, and and if you, if you got something you really want to like describe a movement or something, uh, you can put two pictures on two different pages and just flip them back and forth really quick, and you can see the movement between them. <laughs> I say imagine no if either. there there was a section of just like flipbook pages in the middle <laughs> of a you're just reading a novel, and then oh, you have yeah. a flipbook. It just cool. turned just turns into a into a fucking movie. Mm. I mean, I was I I completely forgot sketchbooks were a thing. I was thinking of Captain Underpants where they make you. Oh. Like flip the page back and forth to make the make the heroes punch the bad guys. <laughs> so good stuff. I always thought that was fun. Yeah. Anyway, that that's all I really have to say about this chapter. Unless you guys have anything, I'm ready to move on to the next one. There's there are a few things that I want to touch on here. Um, I'll just go through the notes that we haven't discussed. Um, Josh mentions the Battle of the Five Armies, but I, I thought that was interesting. Um, and I, I didn't realize that the titles from Peter Jackson's Hobbit trilogy came from the text, the book? I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, Desolation of Smog is written all over the maps in this book. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, that was another thing is that I, I felt I found myself referring to the map more. I don't ever go back to the Dwarven map, because I feel like that's just some bullshit dwarf map. But yeah, no, I actually went to the back of the map when we were talking about the, the Mirkwoods earlier yeah. in this podcast, and I was like, I, I, I think I was on mute at the time, but I was like, oh, that's where the Carrick and Bjorn are. And it's like, holy shit, this wood is, these woods are huge. Yeah, they're Compared massive. Compared to the misty mountains they just went through, but it's like, oh, there's Elrond and Rivendale, and then they just go through the mountain there, there's the Carrick, there's Bjorn, and then they go up here to the 
force gate. Oh. <laughs> right. And then you can see the two different paths. There's the old path through the forest. Yep. South of Bjorn's that they say don't go to. You see. You see where the spiders are. You see. Right. You see the spiders. You even see the the enchanted river passing through the Mirkwood, which we'll talk more about, too. But, like, you yep. see exactly. That's about halfway through the Mirkwood when that happens. Yep. And you look at the map. What, Jeez, what happens at the end? It is it is helpful. I've been referring to it. And especially like as they were traveling to the Mirkwood, the Mirkwood, Bilbo's like, "Hey, um so everyone keeps talking about how fucking horrible the Mirkwood is. Can't we just go around it?" Gandalf's like, "Yeah, sure. If you want to go 200 miles south and then also still be in horrible danger all the time because there's no safe yep. passage because you're in the fucking wildlands. Or hey, go north to the fucking Grey Mountains." Yep. You know? And then that'll fucking suck too. Like, the Mirkwood is the the best of a bad situation. Um, yeah, I, I was just looking at this. He even just he just goes and starts names some random stuff on the map, like where the Misty Mountains meet Grey Mountains. There's Mount Gundabad. Like that's yeah. never mentioned in the fucking book, as far as I know. Mm, no, no one said it. Doesn't seem like it's relevant to Connor. Have, Connor anything? Do, any of the Withered Hearth? Connor, does that mean that he's the Joe Biden of paths? <laughs> um uh, I don't think so because um I oh I, I forgot that you they, voted I, for Trump. I'm sorry. I I, I was I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have brought it up. I, I, I was trying to I was like, where do I go with this? I was like, I don't think so because I don't want to cut a path's head off, but then I was like, <laughs> maybe that's too much. <laughs> I just want to say I maybe the, that's too much in the back. It is too much. That's why I wasn't going to say it. But then, you know, you went with the Trump thing. So I, I guess I went there, too. I just want to say, sorry, back, Josh, what were you going to say in the back? I, I noticed there's this thing mentioned on the map called with the withered hearth. Uh, and I happened to flip back to Thror's map in the front of the book. And it says uh, far to the north the, are the Grey Mountains and the withered hearth whence came the great worms. So the dragons are from Withered Hearth. That's where Smaug's apparently from. Mm. So yeah, going north to the Grey Mountains, it would be just suicide because you're going to where the dragons are from. Effectively, you got to pass close by to that at least. Yeah, and um, that kind of leads me to another point in this chapter here, um, where they talk about Bjorn's origins, his Bjorngins, if you will. Um, Damn, I love a Bjorngin story. <laughs> and and Gandalf kind of lists like a, a few different options. He's like, "Oh, I've heard this, or maybe it's this, but I think it's this." And Gandalf is usually right. And then we get uh, more clarification, I think, on the following page where he says why he thinks that. Um, and so it has to do actually here. Let me go to it real quick. We will get to this next chapter shortly, but in my copy, it's the bottom of page 108. Um, he says, um, I cannot tell you much more. Some say he is a bear descended from the great and ancient bears of the mountains that lived there before the giants came. Others say he is a man descended from the first men who lived before Smaug or the other dragons came into this part of the world and before the goblins came into the hills out of the north. I cannot say, though I fancy the last is the true tale. Um, and so then I was like, wait, so does Gandalf mean, and of course in this world it can go either way, but I was like, does Gandalf mean he's a descendant 
of like the first men or like he's he is of the first men and like is just like you know a thousand years old or some shit and just has never died like so he many could other... very well be both <laughs> right um like, like he's the next generation after them or something yeah and I, I like the idea like he says before the giants he mentions he could be a descendant of the ancient bears we keep seeing like all these gigantic animals that like are almost maybe like the true origins of like their lesser you know animal counterparts like you know did regular eagles come from like the eagles the eagles did, you know <laughs> did the and, and sure enough the eagles yes exactly um they'd have a lot to answer for but you know it's like maybe yeah. um yeah. and so right it's like you know bears and then like ancient bears which which probably are like kind of like how there's the lord of the eagles there's probably a lord of bears somewhere it seems like each like animal kingdom has like a governing body and like an an, an ancient like grand counterpart that lord is like spoilers. more more than itself um right. so there's there's not really a lot to like go off there other than speculation but i guess that's kind of what I like about it. I like that it's there, and I want to draw a little bit of attention to that. Um, two more things quickly. I like the song in this passage. The dwarves have a moment by the fire where they sing about the wind, like going going through the land and passing over like the the lonely mountain where smog is and stuff. And um, I guess I like this song because I, I felt like it, it shows the dwarves are like. They don't get a lot of characterization, like we've been saying. Josh brought that up earlier. But I like that Tolkien uses the song here as a way to show, like, hey, like, this is their goal. Like, they take this shit really seriously, you know. Um, they're really proud people. And I feel like it kind of gives the impression that, like, they're not just trying to get their gold back. You know, they're on a mission to, like, reclaim their ancestral homeland. Um, so I liked that. And the very last note I wanted to mention on my copy for this chapter, it's page 129. It actually, it, it goes back to when Bilbo's talking about going around the, the Mirkwood and Gandalf is listing the different threats. He says, um, before you could get round it in the south, you would get into the land of the necromancer. And even you, Bilbo, won't need me to tell you tales of that black sorcerer. I don't advise you to go anywhere near the places overlooked by his dark tower. <laughs> so, one, we get talk of the necromancer again. And two, it might make you think of things that we haven't read about. Um, I don't want to say more than that because I really don't know. But it, I think this might be something I'll want to come back to eventually. Um, I, but I don't know. I just like this idea of like an ominous threat. Like, don't go there. That's the where the necromancer is. Like, what yeah. one guy? Like, I can't go anywhere over there because of one dude. You know, must be pretty baller. Yeah, no, he's not, he, he definitely sounds dangerous. This is just the more of that world building. It's like, oh, yeah, and there's that thing over there. You know how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. It, it does feel a like the world building is phenomenal. And then, like, sometimes it does feel like it. we ended our conversation last time talking a little bit how um, the book feels a little, like, older in style because so much is explained. 
Yeah. And sometimes it's a little much, and sometimes I find myself like appreciating it a lot too. And here's an example where I felt like I really appreciated it because I was looking at the map and thinking like, well, if the Merc Ward sucks so bad, just fucking don't go there. And yep. you know, Tolkien just you know very uh, um, knowingly cuts off that that thought, and it's like, well, here are all the reasons why you would never ever fucking do that. So um, I I did like that as a reader. Yep. Okay, thank you for giving me the time there to to <laughs> share my thoughts because I did have more I wanted to mention, but now I I feel ready to go through our last chapter here. Um, we good to go? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Josh, you got a big smile on your face. Are you looking through pictures right now? <laughs> no, I had, I had the video of the phone up from the music video and your voice came through. <laughs> <laughs> so I was Sweet. looking through photos, but yeah, no, the, the voice came through. And that's, it's, I don't think it's showing up in the music video. That's yeah. up to Connor, but whoo, that's, that's good. <laughs> anyway, flies right, and so, spiders. Yes, flies and spiders. So chapter eight. The the party enters the Mirkwood, obviously, but I do think it bears repeating. Gandalf is not around. Um, and it is interesting that Gandalf's not around. You know, Connor especially has drawn attention to like, hey, doesn't it seem like every time they get into a problem, Gandalf is the one who comes around and saves them? So, you know, I also felt like this is kind of very intentional buildup where Tolkien probably wants you to have that thought. And it's like, okay, well, what if we remove the safety net just as they're about to enter the most dangerous part of their adventure yet. Um, so it really felt like a cool way to up the stakes, I felt. I like that Gandalf wasn't around here, and it really does lead to some interesting consequences with how other characters kind of need to step up and take charge um, in in response to that. Um, so they, they go through the Mirkwood. Everything's, like, pretty fine, even though it's really dark and shitty, but, like, as long as they stay on the road, it's pretty fine. They have to go across the Enchanted River, which they were warned about. They can't touch the water. They can't drink the water. There's a boat on the other side. They figured out how to get across. But as we mentioned before, Bomber, the, the fat dwarf, that's, you know, he, he loses his balance and falls into the river. Um, he's, like, instantly put to sleep, like a magical sleeping spell. And then they have to carry him. Makes their... You know, the, the journey very difficult because they are already carrying so many supplies without any ponies or anything. Um, and because... You can say it. Because he's fat. He's, he's fat. fat. He, it has to do with... Um, yeah. The, it's a weight thing. Um, it has to do with his weight. He's a big dwarf. Uh, which is probably like an average guy. Average yeah. big dude. Um, but, you know, for like a, a bunch of average small men... That's a big deal. It's a big size for dwarfs. Yep. And so, you know, they they finish their food. They're really fucking hungry. They're carrying all this shit, including a, a whole other dwarf. And then they see these fires off the, the trail. And they're like, okay, like, let's check that out. Because, oh, Bomber wakes up, says he has a dream about, like, these fires and, and a feast and all this shit. And then they see the fires, and he convinces them because they're all so fucking hungry. He's like, okay, like, this part of my dream's real. Maybe there really is a feast. They go off the trail. The second they get there, the lights immediately go out. It's fucking pitch black. No one sees anything. This happens three times before 
it, it finally leads to something really and then the the group is split up there's giant spiders that end up uh attacking them bilbo's able to escape but the the dwarves are captured bilbo goes back hatches a plan to rescue them um importantly it necessitates him like divulging that he has the ring which he really didn't want to do also interestingly enough um but it does lead to him rescuing the dwarves and then as soon as they're like back to safety they're like hey where's thorin he's the only one that's missing um and then we we get a cut to thorin he's been captured by the the wood elves themselves and he's been made prisoner by the wood elf king because Thorin refuses to say anything about like their journey and their mission going to Smaug and all that. And that's where the chapter ends. Um, where, where should we start here? What are you guys oh, thinking? Whew, so Connor, much. Connor, you look like you really want to jump in here and just it's, it's a big tell me one. what's it's, going on. It's a lot. Um, did did you listen to the audiobook at all, Connor, or did you actually get to read through these chapters? I'm not saying. So you, you need to go to Wood Elf Prison, is that what you're telling me? Maybe. You gotta go to Wood Elf Prison, buddy? Maybe. You gotta go to Wood Elf Jail? Um I yeah, I mean I, I uh it was fun because I mean we we, we kind of have the uh, the the you know everyone's kind of at each other's throat you know tensions like attitudes are uh, running high and um, you know that it's 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 just I'm at a point in uh, you know desperation where where I you know it, it seems like uh, you know they're they're deliberately being tempted lured into traps you know focusing on their vulnerabilities. Um, and, you know, I'm also very interested in, in the, uh, you know, want to hear more about the spiders. I, it's, it's just, it's, it's one of the chapters where there's like, there's too much going on, I think. Almost. All right. Yeah. There, there is a lot. And I, I think especially like, um like we mentioned at the beginning it's it's been like a lot to read through too and so i feel like sometimes you kind of get like um uh i don't know stuck on like where to where to begin or like what even what even went down completely because sometimes it's like you know it's focusing on one thing happening but it, it goes over it in a lot of detail and that's like okay well where where do you start breaking it down um how do you feel about this, Josh? Is there anything you want to share about this chapter, or would you like me to start? Um, you should probably start. I, I have a lot of like my dumb notes throughout this chapter, <clears throat> more so than the last one. I already mentioned the oh yeah, Bomber's fat, and it's the most character development we have of anything <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, yeah. But if you got anything they've also big, major to talk about, they've they've mentioned that Philly, I think, is the youngest dwarf. And yeah. so he's, and he's the bro he's the brother Killy, right? Yeah, Philly and Killy. Um, I think they mentioned he's the youngest, and so like sometimes they have him. They they make little notes about like he's able to do things easier because he's not as old. And um, on that topic, page one hundred thirty-two in my copy, um, 
they mention uh, w when they're they're looking across the Enchanted River, they're relying on Bilbo's eyesight. They say that Bilbo has the sharpest eyes among them. Um, I like that line because, you know, they're they're at a point where, you know, they the the dwarves really do, excuse me, respect um, Bilbo and his abilities. You know, they're not just like, why do we bring this guy along? Like he's he's proven himself enough to them that they really feel like he's like a part of the the group, and they're they're like using his uh, his talents here. Mm -hmm. um, but then Thorin also remarks, he says his eyes don't see as well as they did a hundred years ago. Um, and I just like pointing that out because we also talked about like how long live some of these races and, and, you know, different creatures are. But I mean, Thorin says that like, he's probably like 400, like, you know, it doesn't seem yeah. like it really phases him. Uh, you know, a century doesn't really seem like much. Um, he's not talking about when he was a fucking baby, so he's got to be at least like 200, right? But even then, seems like lowballing it. Um, so they're old, you know? I mean, who even knows how old... Actually, we do know how old Bilbo is. Bilbo has a pretty regular human lifespan. He's like 50-ish. Yeah. So, um, in comparison to the dwarves... Yeah. Uh, we may, maybe didn't come up so much, but they do live longer. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that'll that'll be cool to talk about. Did you not mention that hobbits don't reach an old until they're like thirty or something? I really don't remember. Maybe. Maybe at the beginning of the next book. <clears throat> maybe, but oh, well, it's fine. I'm sure there's going to be some wires crossed as we talk about the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. It just happens, but I'm really not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I guess I just like thinking about like, oh yeah, the dwarves are probably like fucking 400 years old. And th I mean, I don't even think they're meant to be that old. Like they're like middle-aged, you know? Um, I think Balin, the, the old one is supposed to be old, but. Uh, yeah, right. There, there is the, the old one. I might be going off the movie. No, I think they do mention that. I think that's like his, his one defining dwarf characteristic. There's the fat one, the old one, the young one, the. The king you know? one. Yes, yeah. They got their, their things. Um, uh, let's see here. I have this other note. I don't know what this is, actually. Something about uh, page 148, the spider and the sword. Let me just see real quick. Um, oh, oh, I remember why I highlighted this. Okay, page 148. It says, so this is, this is when Bilbo goes back to rescue the dwarves. They're all tied up. And before he approaches them, the spiders, he puts on the ring, right? Mm -hmm. So he's invisible. And then, and then he starts like cutting the webs and stuff. And on page 148, it says, um... The spiders saw the sword, though I don't suppose they knew what it was. And then it continues, blah, blah, blah. My point was, do they mean the spiders saw, like, the effect of the sword cutting the webs? Or even though Bilbo's invisible, when he draws his sword, it looks like there's a floating sword there. Because, like, hmm. they well, don't I, see his clothes, you know? 
I yeah, I read that as they see the physical sword being swung around, or at least the blade of it. Um, but yeah. yeah, they should not have been able to because he was it was with him. I mean, uh, the, I don't know. But you're right. The clothes are are invisible, but the I guess the buttons aren't once they got separated from him. So I don't know why the sword would be visible. Well, maybe it also has its own magic where it glows, but it's not quite doing that right now. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, it sounds like so. If you put the ring on and you're you're invisible, the, when the sword was sheathed, right? It's not like they saw like a floating sword sheath. So it's like when he drew the sword. Now the sword is visible. Like the blade is visible when it's. Listen, this is not a nitpick alert. This is me like wondering. Like I literally am not sure what Tolkien means, and and it certainly doesn't matter. So to that extent, I'd say it's a nitpick. Yeah. Um, I... But I really wasn't sure if you guys could make anything of that. I, I'm leaning towards they could see the physical sword swinging around. Because I, yeah, I feel I, like he would have he would have said that they see the effect if they were just seeing the webs get cut. Yeah, I think so too. But it does just seem weird that... He could have just forgotten. <laughs> yeah. It's true. He's, he might be a great, a great author and a, a pretty good artist as well, but... He's still human. He can make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Too true. Um, let's see here. Um, the, the only other notes that I want to mention here, um, it feels like this chapter kind of ends with these two connections to previous events in the, in the book. Um, one is that after Bilbo rescues the dwarves, they they run out into the clearing. They they finally make it. They're safe, and then everyone looks around and they're like, "Whoa, where's Thorin?" And I thought that was like kind of an interesting inversion on when they escape the Misty Mountains. And it's like everyone thought they were safe, and then it's like, "Wait a minute, where's Bilbo?" Yeah. And it it kind of shows this not a reversal of roles because you know I think Thorin is capable in his own right. But, like, it shows that, like, Bilbo's not the one being left behind. Like, he's moved into this role of, like, taking action, you know, being the one responsible for saving others. And, like, Thorin, the, the fucking head honcho of this whole operation, is the one that people, like, forgot about in, in the whole so, uh, scramble. Bilbo has right. truly taken over the pack. So yeah. I, I did notice that, but not all the way. So... When they're when they're starting to run away, uh, where is it? I, I wrote the note down. I'm just trying to read where it was. Um, there they were at last, twelve of them, counting poor old Bomber, uh, who was being propped up on either side by his cousin Beefer and his brother Bofer, and Bilbo was dancing around, waving his sting. And hundreds of angry spiders were goggling at them all round and above them. Uh, they look pretty hapless. Then the battle began. Some of the dwarves had knives, and some of them had sticks. And all of them, all of them could get at the stones. And Bilbo had his elvish dagger. So that when I read that line, I thought, wait a minute. Doesn't Thorin have his elven sword anymore? Yeah. Uh, which I couldn't remember the actual name, but I remember it was called Biter by the goblins. Yes. Um, uh, that's Orcrist. Orcrist, right. Thank you. <clears throat> um, but as I'm reading now, yeah... He only mentions there's 12 of them that count yeah. down, not 13. Um, and then, yeah, he, he's mentioning they all have knives and some sticks and they get the stones. And Bilbo has the elven dagger. 
but I, I picked up on, hey, Thorin doesn't have a sword anymore? What? Uh, <laughs> but I didn't, at the time, I didn't pick up, there was only 12 of them. It's like, there's a lot of them. That's, that's what was going through my head. And I think later on, I, when we find out what happened to Thorin, I didn't write down the actual note, but it's like, oh, that's why Thorin wasn't there. He was unconscious. Yes. <laughs> and not a captive of the spiders. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And the, and the last thing kind of spins into that for me. Because um, the other thing I felt like there was a little connection to, it's, it's not something that we've seen, but something we've been told about. Um, uh, so where Thorin actually is, being held prisoner of the Elf King, um, we're, we're told that, uh, like, this, the Elf King has, like, a weakness for treasure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, he never has enough of it. And there's, like, an old feud between him and the dwarves over, you know, discrepancies, misunderstandings. And it's like, huh, that sounds a lot like Smaug. Uh, you know, it does. The, the horrible fucking creature that, like, sits on a hoard of treasure and never has enough and has a history of taking shit from dwarves. Um, it feels like Tolkien's trying to, like, draw our attention towards... I guess, like, a kind of a, a, not even, I don't know. It sounds like there's, like, this almost like a friction where it's like, hey, the the narrator, Tolkien, kind of assures us, like, the Wood Elves are decent folk. But also, like, they're, they have, like, maybe uh, wrongdoings in their past. Right, they're fallible. Sure, exactly. And and not only that, you know, their fallibilities are, are also intertwined with, like, Dwarven history and in particular, like, you know, claims over ownership and treasure, um, which we know is very personal to the dwarves. So it's interesting that Thorin also finds himself in that situation on his way to, like, also rectify that same situation with, with Smaug. So I wonder what will come of that in, in the next few chapters. You know, um, Middle-earth politics are, are black, you know, they're not black and white. They're, they're uh, shades of gray. <laughs> Yeah, where's um, where's the Middle Earth uh, Bernie Sanders? You know, <laughs> where's that guy? I don't know. I'm hoping he shows up in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I I did like this chapter. Like you said, there there is a lot going on. I mean, there's plenty more we could talk about. But um, you know, in short, most of this chapter is like, oh my god, there's spiders, and we got away. Like, that, you know. Yeah. And then there's just a lot around that, too. So. <laughs> but I, I did think it was cool, going through the Mirkwood. Um, yeah, you know, it, 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 it just felt kind of trippy to me. And, you know, that was fun. A lot of uh, exciting imagery, you know, popping in your head. Um and you know it it it, it gives uh, Bilbo a, a lot more swagger, I think. Definitely. That that for sure increased. Yeah, he mentions he feels more after he kills that first spider. Yeah, he's like filled with uh, confidence. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I I had another note for that. Um, it's just I, I it struck me how weird it was that. This is really a life-changing moment for Bilbo, where he, he turned, he kills the first spider, and he, he goes off after the the dwarves by himself. He just has this confidence about him now. 
Yeah. Um, it's just funny how this life-changing event and naming of such a famous little sword, uh, where he, he decides to give the, the dagger uh, the name Sting, uh, comes down to all of four paragraphs, a single page worth of wording, in a chapter that's 20 times longer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It's, just, it, it's a big mo- I think that moment uh, from that was one of his most miserable moments up to I shall give you the name Sting. Um, I think that's just like a turning point in Bill's character where he's gone from the scared little hobbit who doesn't want to do this to who, who we see killing the spiders and who we're going to see uh, through the rest of the book. Yeah. Who be- the who becomes the, the real adventurer. Yeah. Yeah, great point. Absolutely. Um, and it, it's funny how it, it, you know, it kind of happens in in degrees because there are other moments, but it's like, yeah, this is definitely the chapter where Bilbo, like, steps into his own um, and becomes that, that uh, you know, more more heroic figure, which, which is really cool. Like, I like Bilbo as a hero because, you know, he he doesn't ever lose his, like, desire for comfortability and and safety you know mm-hmm. he he still really does just want to like be at home drinking tea and shit but like you know he he has he has those two sides about him and it it feels like they would be at odds but like it kind of turns out like they can they can mix like i, I like that tolkien's kind of showcasing like it, it's not even really a yin yang kind of thing it's like he's both and that's that's just who he is you know um, I think that's cool. I, I really yeah. like Bilbo as like, like kind of an average um, heroic person, I guess. Hobbit, <laughs> I should say. Little man. Small man. That's their preferred so. title. That's the so, terminology. Right? Yeah. So I got a few more notes here. Some of them are jokes. I, I think a lot of them are jokes. I think you guys hit on the, the really serious notes that I had uh, yourself. Oh no, f- fire away. Uh, so at the very beginning, when they first entered the Borkwood, uh, the nights were the worst. It then became pitch dark. Not what you would call pitch dark, but really pitch. So black that uh, if you had your hand in front of your nose, you would not be able to see it. He, but he could not see it at all. Sorry, skipped a line. Um, but my note there is just the SpongeBob meme of, this is advanced darkness. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and then a little later on, when Bilbo is distracting the spiders with a song, um, the narrator comes in with uh, we get the, we get the song what he sang, and he goes not very good perhaps, uh, but then you must remember that he had to make it up himself on the spur of the very awkward moment, hmm. and it may not be very good perhaps, but it's still the first song in this book where the melody in my head kind of matched up with the the lyrics, so I could kind of have <laughs> like a a melody in my. <laughs> of the song going while I was reading. Yeah. Uh, and then below that, uh, Bilbo had been calling the spiders Addercop and Tom Naughty. And uh, Tolkien wrote, quite apart from the stones, no spider had ever liked being called Addercop. And Tom Naughty, of course, is insulting to anybody. It's like, of course. <laughs> I've never heard these words before. Of course they're insulting. I yeah. don't know. I- I'm sure it was like really harsh language almost a century ago probably uh there's the 
But I, I also kind of rolled my eyes at that. Like, yeah, totally. We all know yeah. Tom Naughty. And then at the very end, when we're with Thorin at, with the elves. Oh, I, thank you. I also have a note on this, Josh. I know exactly what you're going to say. Please go on. Then the elves put thongs on him? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So my exact note is, um, what kind of elves are these again? What are they into? <laughs> I hope thong has other meanings uh, than the... Uh, garment or the, the <laughs> garment swimsuit <laughs> back then, I but it's uh, more interesting. Is that what I wrote? I, I can't read my own handwriting. It was, I was half asleep when I wrote this, but that woke me up. It's like, wait, what? Did, what did they put on him? <laughs> no, so, th- that's exactly what I was waiting for too. I hope that's one of the next pictures that he draws. <laughs> yeah, uh, surprisingly, it's not. <laughs> I know they. I, maybe the editor took that one if, out. If you wanted to find that, you could probably go on Tumblr and yes. you could probably find what you're looking for. <laughs> Josh, um, you can just go, go ahead and give the link. Or I mean, hell, Josh, you can draw it yourself. <laughs> All the sketches you were showing uh, us, you know, put that nope. on top of your list. Nope. Yeah, um, I feel like that should be the uh, the name of the episode. Something like Thongs on Thorin or Thorin's Thong or, or something like that. I like okay. Thongs on Thorin. Yeah. <laughs> thongs on Thorin, yeah. All righty. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just a weird... I think it's just a weird language thing. It it probably just means like... like uh, handcuffs, right? That's, yeah, handcuffs or, or like... Restraints bound and gagged him or something like that yeah right some somehow he's 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 made to be restrained yeah yeah um but it was just the like that's part of some language that didn't quite carry over 100 years later it's funny because the other thing like i remember uh studying abroad and and realizing that um uh you know people would say thongs meaning uh sandals flip-flops so um I, you I don't know, think so, they put sandals on Thorin. No, I don't, so I don't think so either. But but to an Australian reader, you might be thinking like, uh, oh, you know, so they gave him some nice flip-flops? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, for us, thongs only means one thing. And Thorin's got it. Hubba hubba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My last note Thorin's is Thorin's got it, we want it. We got another... <laughs> My final note is that we got another perfect next time in the chapters that we're reading here because it's uh, the the the, cha- the paragraph at the end of the chapter is very much like it was not long before it was discovered, but that belongs in the, to the next chapter, the beginning of another adventure in which the hobbits again showed his usefulness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like all right, next time on there and back again. You know, it's funny. I. I, I do like you calling that out, and it, it kind of it makes me think we've talked about The Hobbit as like um, a children's bedtime story, essentially. And it's like, oh, you know, like the more literally you take that, the more it makes sense. It's like if you were going to read this one chapter a night, essentially, like it's a really great way to leave it off and have, you know, your your kid or whoever thinking like mm-hmm. they're they're looking forward to that next part. I definitely I, it, feel it's like it's cool that he incorporates that into the writing. I I, yep. I think for sure that that was uh you know written in mind I guess. And if you were reading that chapter to your kids at night, you would absolutely want to tell them that this is where we're stopping now because I've been reading for twenty pages. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah. 
Yep, everyone almost got, you know, horribly liquefied and eaten from the inside out by spiders and Thorin's wearing a thong and we're going to stop here. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Sweet yeah. Dreams. <laughs> uh, All right. No, I mean, but but for real, we're, we're going to stop here. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a good stopping point. It is. Unless there's anything else we would like to mention. No. Next time we'll be reading chapters... Nine and ten. Yep. And they are. I, I checked a moment ago. They are. There is less pages than this time. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. That, that was honestly like a sixth of the book that we just went through right there in one sitting. That it's was. Crazy. That was tough. Yeah, I, I read most of that today. Um, I, even though Josh was like, "Hey, you know, just so you know, heads up," it, and I'm like, "Yep, thanks." It took me three hours to get through that. Yeah, it's um, it's long. And I, I am usually a fast reader. This book is slower than usual. A, there's something about the language that's slowing me down. B, I'm taking notes this time. And C, I keep sitting down to read this on a Sunday after I've had like a big fucking breakfast and I, I didn't get enough sleep because I stayed up late. And so I'm just like, I'm tired. Let's read a book. And... So yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> uh, three hours from sit down to book with book to finish book. That we yeah. were supposed to read, and that—that's yes, it—it it, it is tough. It is, uh, and I think a lot of the stuff that's happening in the Hobbit is interesting. But I, there definitely are points where it isn't that interesting to read. Like I, I find myself kind of dozing off too, or like if I try to read, you know, late at night. Like sometimes I like to unwind and read before I go to bed. But oh, I started at one p.m. <laughs> if I do it too late, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be like, nope, not not happening right now. So. um Yep, and and Connor, he didn't even get to read. He had to listen to the audiobook, you know. So should it make a habit of that, sir? Well, which I is mean, fine. I, which I, is fine. I, I but, can you neither know. confirm nor deny that. Um, it just sounds like by neither confirming baseless, or denying, it base, sounds like you're confirming accusations. Um, right. Anyways, I I like that it's kind of getting weirder and darker in a in a cool way. Um, that 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 really pleased me and. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm still, you know, uh, enthralled. But that's it. Hey, nice. Right. Well then, uh, take us away, buddy. All right. First off, uh, we have a Patreon, as Connor mentioned earlier in uh, the show. You can subscribe for just for just one dollar a month. You get to vote. On what we read next, as uh, as a part part of being an official citizen of Chump Nation, uh, for five dollars you get bonus content. We're putting up you know bonus episodes. We got season five dollars. Oh, sorry, three dollars. Three dollars. Yeah. Um, sorry for three dollars. My bad. Uh, you get season zero where we're reading a different book, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas. Adams himself, um, and that's that's a lot of fun. Um, you get a more unhinged version of us on that podcast. I think. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> at least for the first half. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we. I think we'll we'll get back there, but yeah, it's oh, it's definitely. true. Something about yeah. jumping into a new book series. It's like I think we're finding our bearings again. But, yeah, uh, but um, but yeah. So that's a lot of fun. Um, Patreon.com/slash/chapterchumps. 
Also, please uh, rate us on podcasting apps like Apple and other apps. I, I don't know their names. Um, email us at chapterchumpspod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chapterchumps. Uh, and as always, until next time. This really don't want to have anything for it? <laughs> I guess I... Uh... Watch out for spiders. There we go. They're fucking scary. Great advice. Very true. (laughs)